Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on in the entire world right now than Mike Fulmer. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, well good to see you again. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there's a there's a few things to catch up with, but first of all, most importantly, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Uh, people love to get an update. You're coming off, obviously, it's good years. Um, but so, yes, how are you? How are you doing? All right. I'm good. I'm good. You know, last year was a was a blast in Chicago, and uh, you know, obviously, middle of a playoff run, adrenaline gets going a little bit, um, and just ended up just ended up getting hurt again. So uh, I had my second TJ surgery and. I'm just grateful for the opportunity the Red Sox presented and to rehab with an organization. Uh, I thought I was going to be a full-time father this year and full-time husband, but uh, you know now they get to uh, they just spend the time at the beach down here with me during the summer. Well, when when you hear when you hear it's okay, this is the problem. I mean, having gone through it already, you were like, no, I already went through it. Like, no, it can't be that. What was your reaction to it? Yeah, my, my reaction is kind of like you know it is what it is. It happens. It's baseball. Um, you know whether you could talk about. You know why it happened. Um, it's just pitching. You know the games. The game's evolving so much that you know, guys are bigger, faster, stronger. They're throwing harder, um, and you got to do what you got to do to adjust. So whether that's um, you know ripping as many breaking balls as you can, or guys throwing harder, body's not used to it. Uh, you know it is what it is. You know it's just part of the game, and I'm just happy to be able to still have a job right now and uh, and just worry about getting getting healthy. So did you did you. I mean, obviously, you were very good. Did you adjust things? Did you pitch differently? And did that sort of, you say, maybe one thing overcompensate for? I'm, I'm really trying to read between the lines of, you know, what you're saying. Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a little bit of everything, you know. Um, long seasons, uh, a lot of breaking balls, you know, throwing harder, um, a lot more leverage-filled innings, uh, especially in the bullpen. And, 
Uh, I've had a few years of that ever since I moved to the bullpen. It's, it's a lot of adrenaline going, your body's going 100% nonstop. Um, but injuries happen, so it's not. I'm not blaming anything. I'm not saying anything happened. Uh, it's just just one of those things, and uh, just unfortunate. When and you said that you thought you might be a full-time father, husband uh, this year. Were the Reds when the Red Sox called? Was was it a surprise? Was there other teams involved? What was what was your reaction when the Red Sox called? Yeah, I was super excited. Um, didn't really have too much interest this this offseason. Uh, for the right reason, I'm not going to be able to pitch this year at all. So uh, basically signing a, a two-year deal to be ready in 2025 is uh, – I thought I was just going to work out at home and, and get to be a father for a year, take a year off, and uh, just enjoy time with my wife and kids. But, um, you know, I'm very happy that the Red Sox called. They're giving me an opportunity to rehab here under under organizational supervision. Um, the PT here is, is awesome. The rehab guys, all the ATCs, they're, they're unbelievable so far, strength conditioning. So I'm just going to put full time into to my body this year and – uh, when the wife and kids get down here, they have a lot of fun down in the sun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much of the Breslow connection is. Obviously, a Breslow in Chicago, a Breslow here. Is, is was there a connection? Was is this just happened to be? He just happened to be the main guy, and you happen to be the guy that the Red Sox wanted. Or was there was there a connection? Anything to be drawn from you guys being having time together in Chicago? Yeah, I can imagine there's something, a connection there with Breslow. Um, obviously, he signed me last year with the Cubs, and uh, he was one that called us this year and uh, just expressed the, the interest and the opportunity to, to be ready in 2025 and come help out a team and uh, obviously try to make a team next year. But uh, he just had good things to say about uh, mentality and, and, and talent and, and stuff like that. So uh, he was excited to have me on board, and obviously I was just as excited to, to be here. I love the where were you, where were you when you get a phone call? questions right I did this Chris Sale the other day where were you when you get the phone call from the Red Sox or from your agent that hey Red Sox are they want you I don't think I was anywhere I think I was at home uh, sitting next to my wife I just put the kids down for bed and uh, my agent called me and said we had some interest from the Red Sox and I said yeah do whatever it takes to to sign it Uh, don't really care too much about uh, the ins and outs of it but as long as I can get healthy and, and have a chance to, to help a Red Sox team out in 2025 is just my main goal. Is it hard to be I mean you've gone through this so you've done the patient thing but you know you, now you're you're you were on a roll man like you're on, <laughs> is it do you learn anything from that side of things I've gone through this before about being patient understanding there's something more the bigger to, to be had maybe next year? Yeah I think the, the big thing is is having done it before is that you know what to expect there's you know, zero chance I'm going to pitch this year, so there's no reason to rush anything. Uh, plenty of time to be ready for next February and when spring training starts, um, and that's all that matters. I'm not trying to, to try to rush through anything, to start throwing quicker, to start throwing harder, um, you know, to do too much in the weight room or in the training room or anything like that. It's all just take it nice and easy, get healthy, get the body back in shape, get everything right, uh, to come out and try to compete at 100% next February. Another question I love asking guys is lessons learned. Lessons learned, like from if you tell like the Gunnar Henderson when rookie of the year or whoever, what is the thing that you look back of say, okay, you know what, I, I had a great year, I won rookie of the year, everything was great. But for all of us, we're you know we learn every single day. Like for, for you, what was looking back? What was it saying? The good and the bad of having so much success in that first year. That's a good question. Uh, you know, luckily with, with Detroit and in my rookie season, I had a lot of uh, mentorship. Um, we had guys like you know Justin Verlander, Mike Pelfrey, 
Mark Lowe, Francisco Rodriguez. I mean, even on the position player side, Ian Kinsler, Justin Upton, Victor Martinez. I mean, these guys were, were so good to me, and I learned so much just by watching them, not even necessarily interacting with them, but just watching them from afar in spring training and obviously during the full season. And, um, you know, just learning that, you know, every day is a blessed day to, to be able to, to call yourself a big leaguer during that time. And I was just so happy to be there. I wasn't caring about anything else in the world. Uh, so just, just blessed to be there. And even now, I think hopefully that I can work with some of the young guys here that are in rehab or um, or in spring training down here if they have any questions and try to help them as much as I could. Uh, I've been obviously in doing a lot of rehab recently and um, I've got a couple of guys that kind of had the, the surgery on the same time I did down here. So just trying to, to help them out and kind of be there with them. Uh, ones that don't know how to be this patient you know but, but again like when you win rookie of the year it's like oh listen this is we're on our, we're on our way but this isn't how baseball works a lot of times right it's, yeah it's, it's the ups and downs it is and the fast is the past yeah. uh, it's kind of what i come to to learn i feel like uh, with the game of baseball especially pitching it's all about adjustments you know especially moving from the rotation to the bullpen uh, kind of halfway through my career so far it's it was a whirlwind of emotions to try to figure out how to pitch out of the bullpen uh, i feel like i picked up on it pretty quick i absolutely loved it did you? Uh, yeah, with the, all the adrenaline and, and yeah. you know the one pitch can can win or win you or lose you a game, and uh, I loved every single minute of it. So I think just learning to to try to adjust to, to what the game's calling for now, and, and we'll see next year the game could change. We could we could talk about instead of being you know four seam curveball guys or four seam yeah. carry guys, yeah, they yeah. could be back to sinker slider guys. Um, just the way hitters hitters react and and see their. Um, how they adjusted everything. It so. sounded like you adjusted, though. I mean, like I said, like, if you go look at your baseball reference page, you're good across the board. I mean, it's like, it's, but it's baseball has changed, and it sounds, seems like you have been willing to sort of change with it. And not only, not only pitches, but starting for a reliever. I mean, I, we don't know each other very well, but it seems like you're a guy who probably thinks about things. Okay, this is how it is. We're going to evolve, and we're going to figure it out from here. Yeah, I think you have to. Um, you know, at one point there from, especially going to the bullpen, it was more about just keeping a job. I had, obviously my first TJ, I didn't bounce back particularly well in the COVID season. Um, body wasn't feeling good. So that all season, I put a lot of time into trying to, to get my body back where it needs to be. Show up to spring training and they want to put me in the bullpen. And I said, full steam ahead, let's do it, you know? Um, and then instant increase in, in velo and, and stuff. and. Kind of found a home there for the next four years, so I was, I was happy to be able to do that. But I think just adjusting to, to anything that you know a team wants, a manager wants, an organization wants, I'm I can do anything at this point. I'm gonna ask you a big picture question for baseball about adjusting, and that's the the pitch clock stuff. So we have been taking a deep dive, and I'm not saying like this is why you get hurt, but I'm just saying like I find it interesting that conversation. Um, now that we've gone through a year of it. What was your perspective of it in terms of the good, the bad, how it impacted? I, we've had it on a million people, not a million, but a lot of people on the podcast. Talk, Matt Strom was very outspoken about it. Um, you know, we've had Kenley on; he was very outspoken about it. Um, but for your perspective, what? How did you feel it manifested itself in terms of pitching in the big leagues last year? It was it was tough. Absolutely, it was tough. I mean, you got you, you mentioned Kenley. I mean, guys that have. You know, closed a ton of games in their career who don't want uh, an outside force to ruin their routine or end up costing them a game. Um, and that was kind of my point in it was that, yeah, you can have a pitchcock through you know the first half of the game, first three quarters of the game, whatever it is. But when it's you know getting down to the nitty gritty and it's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, or one pitch can lose you a game, and you got to rush out there or you can't shake a pitch because your pitch clock's winding down, um, then you got to go for it. You're not you're not 100% convinced that's the right pitch at the right time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think it's it was just everybody had to do it, you know. So it's it's not just one person got to you know stay off of it, but um, that's the only thing I didn't like about it is the fact that I didn't want it to have to have to impact the game. Because sometimes you like to get the ball back, walk around the mound, step off. Okay, you just went one two slider here. Do we go fastball in here? Or do we go fastball away? You know, what pitch am I wanting to call or what to throw here? Um, and I think that was the biggest thing. Where if the catcher's you know giving you the signs through pitch com, you don't have you can maybe shake once, maybe twice oh. before you run you run out of time. Yeah. Especially if you're, there's guys on base because then you can't come set and just go. You got to come set, pause for a second, or else you're gonna balk. Yeah. So when you see it getting down to seven, six, five seconds, and you still don't have a pitch selection yet, I think that's the toughest time where you're not even thinking about anything but the pitch clock. So you can't focus on the hitter, can't focus on the glove. I just didn't want the pitch clock to be a reason for to, to decide the outcome of the game because of how fast it was. How much of the stress, again, I'm not saying this is why we're sitting here with Tommy Jernsprit. We don't know. I, I want to call Dr. Elitraj, we've had him on before, I've talked to him before, and I think he may mention this, but from your perspective, is that a stress that is going to lead to, that? that's another adjustment pitcher's going to have to do because there is a stress of that. Absolutely. You just talk about recovery. You go in and, and work out in the weight room. And you go from set to set with less recovery time than you than you need. You're not going to do it. You're not going to perform as well your second set in, in the workout room. Uh, same with pitching. You got to give a hundred percent on this one max effort throw, and then 15 seconds later you got to do it again, or 20 seconds later you got to do it again. That's no time to really catch your breath. You get the ball back. You got to get right back on the rubber. Um, you kind of partner that with trying to think of what pitch you're going to throw next, where you want to throw it. Uh, just a lot of things going through your head and knowing that your body is not fully recovered. Uh, just from throwing one max effort pitch, I think it's going to have an effect on you. Um, it may not be the end all be all of, of people getting hurt because of it. I just think that uh, mentally and physically, you're just a little bit rushed, and being rushed is never never a great thing. And it's, it, a year ago in spring training, as we sat here, it was like, holy crap, like this is mm-hmm. this is fast. And you get used to it, get used to it. And you see like the, the violations go down. But still, this is, I mean, this is me talking, but we're going to find out. Like, this is like, we don't know what cell phones are doing to heads. You know, we're going to find out in 50 years. Well, right. you know, in two years, we're going to find out, okay, this had that, that impact of the pitchers. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it, um, and not necessarily just the just the pitch clock, but the step offs too. You know, I've mm. I've done I've come into games where I've wasted two step offs just to try to get the right pitch, and me and the catcher get on the same page. Mm. Because some catchers are um, putting it politely stubborn on a pitch that they want to call, which is great. You know, they yeah. they know what they're it, convicted. If yeah, they're yeah. convicted, then I'm convicted. Yeah. But if I shake and shake and shake, and he keeps giving me the same pitch, I'm like, oh, okay, you're convicted. Let me step off. It's like, yeah, I want to go with that one, right? Well, you lose one of your step-offs. Yeah. You got guys stealing 70 bags a year now, and late in, late in the game, late innings, it's going to come back to bite you because they're on second base, easier to score, obviously, right? Yeah. A tie game, and you use one step-off just to get a right pitch call in a big situation for the guy at the plate, and the guy ends up taking second on you because you can't pick over anymore. It changes the outcome of the game. But like I said, everybody's got to do it, and we all got to adjust yeah, to it. Yeah, but you, it. you have a perspective of it that I don't, so, I mean, that's why I find it interesting. Um, the last thing, Michael, is, is, is the Cody Bellinger um, question. We played with Cody. Um, as we sit here right now, news came down. He's going back to the Cubs. I just heard this morning. Yeah, yeah. good for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cody, he's, he's one of my all-time favorite teammates. He's an unbelievable guy. Um, obviously, the city of Chicago loved him last year, and, and rightfully so. He did 
he did awesome. Uh, I think just the ups and downs in his career so far is, is something that's a testament to his his mental status, his physical status. You know, his just the person who who he is, and uh, to keep up, get up, and bounce back, and. Uh, obviously, being one of the toughest outs last year, cutting down a strikeout rate. I mean, the guys up there, stiff-legged, swinging just arms and fouling balls off or hitting singles at the middle. That's just how talented he is. Um, and just on top of that, what a great person he is. So he's well-deserving of a contract, and I'm happy it's somewhere he wants to go back to in Chicago. Well, you also know that you were in the dynamic of that clubhouse, and everyone kept saying, oh, he's a fit, he's a fit. I mean, we understand how negotiations go. But for you, you could see, like, okay, like he was not only did he perform, he was important, but he was a good fit in that clubhouse. Absolutely. You know, they brought they brought Dansby over last year. Uh, was an awesome fit in the clubhouse as well. Great leadership skills. Uh, obviously, Cody, you pair that with Nico Horner and, and Ian Happ, and those guys have obviously been there forever. Um, know what the clubhouse is like, know what it needs to be done, and, and Dansby and Belly, and uh, they just came in from the position player side and, and just basically acted like they were there for, for years and played together. So um, that clubhouse had some great chemistry. He's, he's one of the good ones for sure. Was, was he even better than you thought he would be? Cody. I mean, he was obviously like MVP, you know. Yeah. Like, but but I remember seeing him play last year. I'm like, man, watching this guy play is is insane. Like, it's like he's just tall. He's athletic. He's he's, he's the swing, like the going and feel, like everything about it. I don't know for you, like if like you got a chance to watch him a lot more than I did. But. Yeah. I mean, there's times where sitting in the bullpen, knowing that Cody's going to come through in this situation. Um, you know, I want to say he was on base like 10 times in a row, one, 10 play birds in a row at one point. It's like no one can get him out, right? Um, I think the biggest thing, especially from a pitcher standpoint, is that he plays an amazing center field. He tracks every ball down that you wouldn't think he'd get to. More importantly, he can play first base as well. So just from lineup construction, I know Rossi was big into it as well, is, is having Belly at first base or in center field or uh, wherever else you wanted to put him. So he... Uh, He's just so versatile in, in everything he does defensively and obviously offensively, too. He can get a sack fly to get a guy in. He can hit a ground ball at the middle. He can do whatever you need to um, and obviously put the ball in the park, too. So uh, he was a big help to that, 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 that clubhouse last year. The last thing, I've been very generous through this time, but we asked this of everybody. Why isn't, isn't baseball boring? Why isn't baseball There's boring? There's no wrong answers. Uh, baseball isn't boring because of how, how every little pitch – can change a game, right? You can have uh, baseball is such a, an opinionated sport, coming from the umpires to the managers to the pitchers to pitch calling, everything. Uh, one little call, whether it's a missed call from an umpire, whether it's a bad pitch call from the pitcher, uh, every little point in the game can lose or win you a game. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.